Years ago, someone told me that they had a sort of spiritual impression or vision of Joy Christian Center with all of the hustle and busyness of a train station. When I heard that, I, I had this thought. People don't go to a train station as the destination, but as a means to go somewhere else. For most, it's just an important leg to the rest of wherever their journey will take them. I know that most people don't view this church, or probably any church for that matter, like a train station. But that's how I'd like to ask you to view Joy Christian Center. Every Sunday, there are people who walk through the doors of this church totally unaware that an eternal destination has already been mapped out for them. They don't know where to go or what to do, but inside they know that there's something else. There's something more. They desperately want to be anywhere else than where they are right now. And like a conductor yelling, all aboard, we have worked hard to lay out a well-defined, easy-to-follow path that people can follow. That path starts with knowing God, but it doesn't end there. I believe that God delights in revealing His plan to each of us. We've probably all heard the familiar words, without a vision, the people perish. But the message translation says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are the most blessed. I see a church that is aware of what God is doing, and people have found a relationship with God instead of religion. I see a church where people are continually taking steps in their spiritual journey and reaching new heights in every part of their lives. I see a church full of people who are growing in God and discovering that God wants to use them to make a difference, where every person is experiencing the same kind of fulfillment that only God can give. I see a church where God uses everyday ordinary people, small group leaders, dream team members, and church staff to serve the people of central Minnesota and that they in turn would open their hearts to God. I see a church who never stops searching for lost people because God never stopped searching for us. I see a church so compassionate that people are drawn from the impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. I see a church whose influence isn't only felt today, but one that will leave a lasting legacy of impact for those who are yet to come. The church that I see realizes that none of these things can happen in their own ability because it's all impossible. But the church I see also knows that whatever is impossible with man is possible with God. Amen. <clears throat> well, that's you. That's me, that's we, praise God. Welcome to Joy this morning, and I'm excited about what God's got for us today, and uh, this may have already been overwhelming for some of you today, and uh, I hope that's not the case. I just hope we keep our hearts open to the Lord this morning, and uh, got a lot of things that I want to share with you today. We're starting a new series that we're calling Notifications, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that particular uh, idea and thought will mean to you today, uh, but I want to just kind of touch on a couple things that we've talked about, and, and you know, I was thinking with that, and it was several years ago, actually close to 20 years ago, that somebody said to me uh, that, that it was like a vision or just a, a, an impression that, uh, that they had of our church, that it was like a, a train station, and as you heard, people don't go to a train station with with the train station as the destination in mind. It's, it's, it's the means to get to somewhere else. And, and just like a, 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 an airport, if you go to the airport, chances are that's not necessarily the destination. There's another purpose, another reason behind why you're actually going there. And I don't know if, to me, as we've been talking over the last couple of months from the series, there is more to one small step and how that, that life is lived in steps and that we are encouraged, as the Bible tells us, that we are to, uh, that the Lord rejoices over the 
steps. You know, the, the steps of the righteous, the steps of a, of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And God delights in every one of those steps that they begin to take to follow him. So God delights in the steps. And, and um, the, reason that, <clears throat> the reason that this concept or idea of the train station is important to me to relate to you is that perhaps you came to church this morning like almost everybody does. My destination, my goal is to go to church. But I want you to not think of this as your destination this morning. First of all, let me just say, I think this should be your destination every Sunday morning. All right? I want to make, in fact, I think that the reason you're, you're being here, you're, you're, seating in, you're sitting in these seats is, is an indication of an assignment that God has for you. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't a reason that God wanted you to be here. And whether you're here, whether you're watching online, I'm, I'm going to assume, I, I, I would venture to imagine, I imagine that there will be some people who are watching online from a deer stand. And, uh, you know, we, we, amen, I, I think there will be. We pray that you get a deer right after the message so you don't miss any of it and, uh, or that you're already done with the nasty part of everything that has to happen to take a deer home. And, um, you know, whatever that might be. And, 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 uh, but, but the reason that you're here is because God has an assignment for you. And so I don't want you to view being in church as, as you, this is the destination. I'm here, okay. I, I'll put in my time. I, I, my, my Christianity, my walk with the Lord is something that I'm just sort of adding to my life. It's, faith is important to me, but so is a lot of other things. When we really begin to understand true Christianity and why the steps are so important and why the steps matter is that and I hate to call it spirituality. I know people call it that. I like to just call it followership of Christ. Yeah. We're following Christ. If I'm following Christ, that means that I'm actually moving <laughs> because Jesus never stopped. You know, he, 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 that's why we taught the series, There is More. Because there's more. No matter how far you are, no matter how far you have, feel like you have to go, there's still more. There's, but it's, that more is accomplished in small steps. And how do we take a step? Our first, our first thing is we step out. That's, that's hope and that's faith. But the work and the living it out, that's the second part of the step. It's a complete process that brings you from one place to another. And so steps are very valuable. Steps are very important. And, and, and we talked about... There's a promise that God has for you. That's the more. God wants you blessed. And he wants you happy. He wants your life fulfilled. He, he really does want those things. He's not, God is not up there in heaven, some cosmic whatever, just playing games. He's not just there thinking that, you know, it's like some people have said, you know, let's see the crazy things that we can get people to do. God is not like that. He loves you, cares about you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan in this life. And that plan brings fulfillment into your life. It brings, it brings power. But, but again, we, we, we reason from the really, really big, but it's accomplished with, with really small steps. And, and, and we mentioned that the process, is, and that's what's hard. We want the promise, but we don't like the process because the process is kind of hard. And, and, and I liken that to travel. Now, my wife, she's a, she's a vacation planner. See, we don't have a lot of toys, don't do a lot of things in life, but we go on vacation. And when it's cold and you're all here, we go somewhere warm. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I know you hate us for it, but that's too bad. <laughs> we budget. We, we, we have a plan to make sure that we can go someplace warm when it's cold here. And it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to rub in. Pastor Tim will tell you. When I know that I'm going on vacation next week, I'll say to Pastor Tim, hey, next week, oh, wait, never mind. I'm going to be where it's 75 and sunny. Forget it. Right? It's a fact. Exactly. Why? Because I just like to let people know. I'm 
just that way. But you know what I hate about going on vacation? The process. Get in, you got to pack. And then you generally have to leave really, really early in the morning. And you got to drive to the airport. And you got to find a place to park. And if you do the park and fly, then you got to get all your luggage onto the little car thing. And then they drop you off in the airport. And then it, it is the process of hurry up and wait. Because you're, then, then you wander through the airport. Then you get your ticket. You check your bag. Then you go through the TSA line. Hey, not there, you know, kind of whatever it might be, you know, sort of a, go through the TSA thing. You hurry up and get your luggage, you hurry up and go to the line, then you wait, you take off your belt, take off your shoes, hold up your pants. That's where the song Pants on the Ground, Pants on the Ground. Looking kind of silly with your pants on. No, that's where that came from. It came from the TSA line. But any, no, it didn't really. Maybe it did. I don't know. But, but then you hurry up, you know, you get your belt on, you put your shoes on, you're trying to get all the stuff out of the thing because there's people behind you. They're in a hurry. Then you hurry up, and our gate is never, it's always on the very end. Got to walk all the way down. You're hurrying up, hurrying up. And then you get, you sit, and you wait, and you wait, wait, and then you. You all know. I mean, if you've traveled, it is the ultimate. Then you get on a plane, the plane goes, and the plane lands. And you go through the airport, and some Mexican airports, they got, you know, everybody's trying to give you a ride. Come with me, my friend. We give you a ride. <laughs> I don't want your timeshare though. <laughs> You, know, you got to go to the right place to get the ride, and then you're you're in a hurry there. Then you wait, and then the, you know, if, depending on the ride you get, you go to seven different resorts before you get to your resort. You finally get to your resort, <sighs> and then you hurry up to get to the registration, and then you wait, and then finally you get to take your vacation. And it's a whole day of travel, and it's a pain, and it's step by step by step. But the promise is worth the process, right? And so that's really where we're at in Christianity. This is, coming to church is not the destination. This is not your final thing. And, and, and if you're viewing it like that, please, if I could suggest to you this morning, make one little change. This isn't the destination. I'm glad you're here. Thank God you're here. But there's more. There's more. And that's why we asked you the question last week, are my steps, the steps that are ordered by the Lord, are my steps leading me to where I want to go? Because I'm convinced people live with a disconnect in their life that says, I want this. I, 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 want, the, I want to climb the ladder of success relationally. I want to climb the ladder of success financially. I want to climb the ladder of success in my career. But are the steps that I'm taking leading me to where I want to go? People say, you know, it's like, I want to find a good Christian spouse, a man, woman, whatever. I want to find a good Christian person, but I'm going to go to every bar. I'm going to go to, you know, whatever it might be. Guess what? There's a disconnect there. Now, you might do missionary dating. Don't suggest it. Missionary dating is dating a person that's not saved yet because then you might lead them to the Lord. You might. might not. But we live with a disconnect financially. I want, I want to be financially secure, so I'm going to spend everything I can, use credit cards. Are the steps that I'm taking leading me to where God, or to, to where I want to end up in life? And so that's why we used a scripture last week. We talked about ponder the path. Ponder the path of my feet. And so I'm asking you to do that in, our, in your life, in my life. Ponder my path. Are my steps the steps that God wants me to take? The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. And I've lived that, through that with people in this church, that they've come to a point where a relationship was destroyed, but it was because of the path that they were on. I've talked with people that have come to, that there was destruction in finances because of decisions that they made. The path wasn't right. 
Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking the same thing. It's like, you know, I thought I was going the right way, but I wasn't going the right way. The right way that it seemed to me that was the right way, let me, it led me into a dead end. Can I tell you this morning, there's a way that seems right to a lot of people, but according to the Bible, there is a way that is right. And your life, my life, our lives will go better when we follow that way. And so the question I want you to ask that changes, I think, everything is, are the steps that I'm taking, is the path that I'm on, is it leading me to where God wants me to go? Is it leading me to where God wants me to go? Because that's the most important thing. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 14 that there will be a day that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He says, you have no right to criticize your brother or look down on him. Remember. Everybody say, remember. Do not forget this. Each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. There will be a day that you will stand before God and don't let that word judgment seat scare you. I, I, you know, it can be preached in a lot of negative ways. It's actually, the Greek word is the word bema. It means the reward seat of Christ. It would be similar to when the Olympic official would be at the, be at, at the throne or the king would be at the throne and the Olympic athletes would come. It would be similar to that that happening where they would get their ribbon, they would get the crown for, for uh, achieving something. That's really what the judgment seat is. But, but again, Paul says that you will personally stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. Now, we recognize that step is salvation, making Jesus the Lord of my life. To bow my knee, if I can do it, let's see if we can get down there, there we go. Might need help getting back up. But anyway... When I bow my knee, that's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of submission. It's a sign of recognizing that you're greater than I am. And it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a way of, of surrendering and humbling ourselves. And when you make Jesus, I suppose, make Jesus the Lord of my life. I become, a, I like the term, a follower of Christ. I've surrendered my way to his way. I've taken the knee. And I've confessed him as my Lord and my Savior. If you've taken that step, verse 12 says, yes, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Each and every one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So I love you. I'm your pastor, most of you. Some of you maybe not yet. I don't know. But, but, but my job is to help you not to prepare for this life, but to the, prepare for the next life. I want to make sure. That when you stand before God, and, and, and part of this is selfish because when I stand before God, he's going to look at me and he say, how did you do what I asked you to do? I have to give an account for my stewardship of this congregation, the congregation that God has, has generously brought into this, this room. I'm going, to, I'm going to give an account. And so are you. We are. So how could, I asked this question last week because I think it's important to consider if my steps are ordered by the Lord, and, and I've, <laughs> I'm talking about me, I've ended up in places I didn't want to go. I ended up in places I didn't think I was going to end up in. And, and my steps brought me to some place I didn't, I didn't want to go to. So how can I know? How can I know I'm, in, uh, I'm following the right path? How can I know my steps are right? And I gave you three things. I want to reiterate it today because it's sort of the linchpin for where we're going. And, and so these three signposts, these are things that you can look for in your life that will keep you on path, keep you on the path. And the first thing is simply this. It is look for opportunities to share Christ. That's what we're to be about. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. 
That's not just my job. That's our job. That's our job. And as I mentioned that last week, perhaps maybe this week, during the week, you had an opportunity to share Christ with somebody. And, and, and if you didn't, just keep asking God. He'll give you an opportunity to share Christ. But that's, a, that's really what we're called to do. We're to take what God has given to us. We're to give it to other people. And that's the second thing. We're supposed to look for opportunities to serve others. Man, we live in a culture that's all about serve me. It's me. I want, I want, I want. This is countercultural. <laughs> and then thirdly, look for opportunities to give intentionally. And we mentioned the joy to the world. And I want to just, I want to, I know that many of you, this is not your first rodeo at joy when it comes to joy to the world. And, and others of you, you're brand new to this. You don't know what it is. And, and so let me just give you a couple of things, try to give it to you very quickly. Because quite honestly, um, it, it is a work in process. It is a process. It is, it is us taking steps. And we're at a place today that I didn't think we'd be at four or five years ago when we began to do joy to the world. And so when we do joy to the world, and, and I'm going to use a phrase that I don't know that it gets a lot of traction in, in churches in central Minnesota. It might sound a little bit scary or weird to you, but, but this, is, this is really the heart of joy to the world. The heart of joy to the world is radical, extravagant generosity. Now, I don't know what that phrase does to you on the inside, but where we are today for Joy to the World versus where we were a couple of years ago, it is a process. And it's where I've learned in, in ministry and in life that vision is like the headlights on a car. It's not until you start, start moving forward that the headlights will illuminate more and more and more. It's not just a, it's not a program. It's not a silly little thing. It's, it's something that, that is growing, that God is growing in us. But the heart of it, the idea behind it is radical and extravagant generosity. And... and, and I don't know that churches are known for radical and extravagant generosity. And it's sad to me. It's sad to me when churches are known more for what it's against. Churches are known more for, you know, poor attitudes than for what they're for. I'd like to change that in central Minnesota. I'd like for you to help change that. Radical, extravagant generosity. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know what that does to the inside of you, but it's not as hard as, as it might seem. And it might sound scary to you, but, but, but really it's for us to collectively get our eyes off of us, get our eyes onto other people. And just like God was extravagant in his love, he was generous in his mercy to us, we are to in turn be extravagant and generous in our love and our mercy and our good deeds towards those that are outside of these four walls. Churches are famous because we're all kind of the same. We gravitate towards selfishness. We just gravitate. There's just an, un, uh, man, just an invisible pull and a tug that draws us. And, and I want my things my way. It's rampant in churches. I just want my thing. I want my music. I want my comfort. I want my this. I want my that. I want to sit down even though everybody else is standing. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just glad you're here. Praise God. So what I really want joy to the world to be, to be a blessing, to be, for us to be a blessing with no strings attached. And, and over the course of several years, we've been, able to, we've been able to reach our community in different ways. We've invested, I call it, invested in our community. And not just in the usual ways and places, but we've, we've, we've 
given thousands of dollars over the years, children's home, the VA hospital. We invested years ago in, in Joy to the, or I'm sorry, Fall Fun Fest, which is our outreach on, on Halloween night. Just an, a, 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 you know, something for, for kids that's warm, safe, friendly, and, and a way to be a blessing to the children of our community. And, and, um, and, and um, one of the things that, that I think it was a year and a half ago, we kind of laid out, one of the things I really wanted to do, I thought would be awesome for a church to do is to be a blessing to the Benton County Sheriff's Department. Men and women who serve God, I'm sorry, who serve this community, and, 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 and all of the first responders, you know, they have to kind of pick what we can do, can't you? Can't do everything, but we can do something. And so I wanted us to be a blessing to the Benton County Sheriff's Department, and that was, that in, a, in and of itself was a, was a challenge because there's so many things you can't do. And uh, I wanted to, we wanted to give them all like a gift card or something like that. Well, we can't do that. That would be considered bribery. We wanted to, you know, well, okay, we'll take you to the Twins game. Can't do that. Well, what can we do? And uh, so we finally stocked a couple of their, they have a couple of break rooms. And so we got them a couple of Keurig coffee makers, a Cuisinart stove. And then we, every month now, we send them coffee and because we want them alert and, and, and active and and, uh, you know, Jehovah Java, the Lord that awakens thee. I mean, that's what we, what we want. And so, so every month they, they get coffee, you know, from Joy Christian Center. And, and, um, and uh, Shane Jelks, who leads up, uh, she leads up our Make a Difference team. There's a bunch of people that do this. And, and they, it was on their heart. We said, we want to continue this relationship. There's men and women who serve on the holidays. They won't be home with their family for Thanksgiving. And we wanted, we wanted to let them know they weren't forgotten. And so they bring snacks out there. They bring treats out there. They bake stuff. I just was copied on an email that they're bringing out all kinds of stuff. Here's the times uh, that they will be bringing uh, uh, just some refreshments to, to let them know. There's a congregation that cares about what you're doing. We love you. We, we, we pray for you. And, and uh, we, we, brought, we went to Chick-fil-A, bought them a whole bunch of... Chick-fil-A meals and brought it out there, and it was kind of cool because the officers are all sort of standing around, and they're like, who did this again? Uh, Joy Christian Center did this. Really? A church? Church, that's you. I said, that's you. And you know what that does? I tell you, every time they drive by here, they look and say, they're checking us out. They're making sure. Every once in a while, we'll see a car parked in the parking lot. I love it. Praise God place next door has gotten broken into several times. Not this one. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Amen. It's the blessing. So we want to reach our community in different ways. You're going to see opportunities this year in 2019. You'll see joy to the world. It's an opportunity to be a blessing. Uh, the second thing is we want to be a blessing to other churches. I believe the local church is God's plan A. I believe the local church is what God wants to save all of humanity. Amen? It really, really is. And I believe every community needs alive, vibrant churches. So we want to be a blessing. And we've been able to invest thousands of dollars in other churches, local churches right here in the state of Minnesota. Say, well, Pastor Ron, what about missions? What about Africa? You know what? God's not planted us in Africa. He's planted us here in central Minnesota and he wants us to make a difference right here in central Minnesota. I believe with all my heart and this is hard to hear sometimes for some people, but I believe with all of my heart that the world starts right here. When he said go into the world, reach right here. I've said this many times. I want you to hear it again. I'm the branch manager of a worldwide organization whose goal is global domination. 
Jesus said, go into all the world. He's planted us right here in central Minnesota to make a difference right here in central Minnesota. And so we've been able to invest in churches. A couple of years ago, it was $5,000 to a building fund. One of my favorite, a couple of years ago, we were able to, there was a church that they, they had written out. We didn't know this, but they had written out their last check, and their building process was going to have to stop. While they were writing out their last check, we were writing our check for them for, to them for $12,000. They didn't know that when they were writing it out that God already had provision for them. And they were like, what are we going to do? And we were able to go, God, God just laid this on our heart. You know what a shot that was to them? And then last year we were able to invest now $25,000 in a church that's planting another church. And I love the testimony a pastor told me. He said, you know what? We're going to steal your joy to the world idea. We're going to do our own joy to the world. We want to get outside the walls of this church. And I, I want us to be able to be ready to meet a need whenever we see the need. We have, I would love to be able to stand up here because people like projects. I'd like to say, this is what we want to do. We're going to do X, then we're going to do Y, and then we're going to do Z. I don't always see that. But I want to be ready. We have other avenues now. We're working towards another avenue to be able to, to fund some of those things. But, but on November 18th is our Joy to the World offering. And, and some of you, you're, you're already ahead of the game. Some of you are overachievers. You've already given. Thank you for doing that. You say, well, Pastor Brian, how in the world can you give all that? You must have way too much money in this church. Why do you need my money? We don't have all the money we need. The way that we can do this is, is through forty nine ninety five. For the low, low price, you can get involved in Joy to the World 2019 for $49.95. And you're $49.95. This is the power of it. Everybody can do more than somebody can. This is the power of what can happen. When we all work together, we all join. It is the body of Christ and its power. Instead of wondering and standing around, we can actually be active in our community. And so our Joy to the World goal for 2019 is for us to intentionally share Christ with others. It is to serve others and then to give of our resources. So on November 18th, we're going to come together with that and and we're going to ask you to give. And here's what I know. There will be some of you that will give more because you can. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Others of you that can't give, we understand that. But I ask you to do something. As a step of faith, Oh, I so want to, I so want to. But what can you do? You Maybe you can't do $49.95, but you can do something. And I know every year there's this testimony from somebody who said, I've never given $50 in my life to anything. But I did. And I know for some of you, because I get this every year, somebody's angry or complaining or mad or whatever, you know, just because we're talking about money in church, people don't like it. And and let me just apologize to you if maybe you were brought up around people who had the idea that, well, you know, the church just wants my money. Well, it's not your money, first of all. It's God's money. Everything belongs to him first. You're a manager of it. You're a steward of it. And that's what this is about. It's about stewardship. But let me just apologize to you because I know that there have been what I would call a charlatan, people fleecing the flock of God. I don't think it's as many as some people would like us to think it is, but there are some. And I know we went through a season where it's like, if you send me your offering, send me your gift, God's going to bring the breakthrough. And I've always felt like if if it starts with send me your gift, it's probably not going to happen. 
So I make no guarantees to you this morning about your offering to Joy to the World. Make no guarantees at all other than the offering, other than the guarantees that God has already given. If you give, you're blessed. God loves cheerful givers. So I want you to know, if you can't, if you don't want to, if, if you're, there's no obligation here. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There'll never be a word said. If you feel that way, you own the feeling. It's not coming from me. Amen? Hope you understand that. Because I want us to break barriers. I said, I want us to break barriers. I want us to make a difference in central Minnesota and in the world. As I said, you're going to look for, you're going to see opportunities throughout this year to be joy to the world. We're going to make a difference. Praise God. I said, we're going to make a difference. Amen. Now, you hear that music behind me? That means I'm supposed to be done. I think, actually, that's Steph behind me. She's tired of hearing of her dad. Because I'm, like, pretty sure she's early. <laughs> oh, I have such a great message. I really do. <laughs> God, why'd you give me so much good stuff? You're not going to let me share it kind of ran into this problem in first service. It's worse than second service. I have a whole message to preach. Pastor Tim, can I just preach it? No. No, I can't. I can't. Every children, every, you're, yeah, go ahead, children. Don't you dare. <laughs> we love you, church. We do. I don't know all of you. Most of you, I don't know at all. But I want you to know that you're loved here that you're valued and appreciated. I don't ever want to take for granted what you do, how you serve God, how you serve one another, how you serve in this church or outside of this church. But you got to know, we're all going to stand before God one day, give an account for this life, for the steps that we've taken and how we've used what we use. Let me just set up where I'm going to go next week. Ladders, I'm not even going to get to my notes. Ladders are designed with a purpose in mind. Ladders are designed to take you from where you are to somewhere else. Amen? Some ladders are designed for specific purposes. We have what's called a painter's ladder here. If you've ever tried to paint something on a different kind of a ladder, you need some help. It's designed with a special purpose, a different purpose in mind. There are some ladders like this one. This ladder could take, can take me where this ladder never could. This ladder can take me higher than this ladder ever will. That's not, that's not to say this ladder is not important. My mom, my mom was five foot nothing tall. She loved to cook. She's a great baker. She's a little short thing. So she had something like this in her kitchen so that she could get up to where she couldn't reach otherwise. But you know what? If you've ever been a person on a ladder, if you've ever done this, I have. You've got to work on a section, and so you try to position the ladder in such a way that you can do more than probably you should. Anyone? You're like, well, how far can I get? And it would be far better and safer if you would just put the ladder here, do the thing you need to do here, and then get back down the ladder and put it over here. But, you know, we're guys. We can, we can manage. We can reach. Amen. Here's the thing. You can have the right ladder, 
a ladder designed to get you somewhere else. And you can know the function of the ladder because some ladders are designed for other things. But if that ladder's out of position, if the ladder's out of position, it's not going to be effective, might be dangerous. And like followership of Christ, like following Christ, <laughs> you have an identity who God has made you to be. Your identity is not your past. The Bible tells us in the book, oh, glory to God. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that God's got a book with your life already written about it. He's, he started your life with the end in mind, and it, you're born, he wants you to live it out. He's got a path for you. He's got a life for you. He's got a design for you. So you have an identity in Christ. You belong to him. You're a child of God. You're a child of the king. The, the, the grace and life of God is on the inside of you, full of life and power and joy. It's there. You're a new creation in Christ. The old things have passed away, and all things have become brand new. That is your identity. Your identity is not your failure. Your identity is not your past. Your identity is your, in your future. And you got a purpose. You have a reason. You have a design on your life that God had from before the foundations of this world. You did not create the design. You did not create the purpose. And you cannot disqualify the design and you will not disqualify the purpose. God redeems our life so that we can fulfill the purpose of our life. But all that can be true and you can know your identity in Christ. Say, yes, amen, Pastor Brian. And you can know your purpose. Go to Growth Track, do those things. And, and you can say, yes, I did those things. That's awesome. But if you are out of position, if you're not in the right place, then you're not going to be effective and you might be dangerous. And so you have to know what position you need to be in. And these things are positioning things. Let me just, I got to tell you, the reason we're calling this notifications, maybe I shouldn't. Come back next week. Because that's another five minutes. Would you bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this great congregation, Lord. Father, I ask you to do something with what we've talked about and how we've shared what we've shared this morning. Father, my desire is to follow you, to lead this church to follow you, my desire is to see us fulfill your will, your purpose to central Minnesota. And Father, I pray that people would see the good works of this church and that they would give you glory. We don't do this for our honor. We don't do this for our attention. We don't take these steps and these risks for, for us. We do it for you because we believe that people matter to you because we mattered to you. And because they matter to you, Father, they matter to us. And so we will do what we can do to reach central Minnesota and this world. We will do what we can do to spread your love and your life around the people that we get to be around. And I thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said.